Hoo-hoo-hoo. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast, episode 317. Um, I've got my man, Elric Lagloire, uh, SDR manager at Chili Piper, joining the show. He is the co-founder of the SDR Game newsletter. So one of the biggest names in SDR prospecting right now. Um, I think my first French guest, which is pretty dope. And we talk about a lot of great things. Uh, Elric's path from marketing to get into sales, Talked about the book, Predictable Revenue, how it changed his career. Elric was pretty early on in the SDR world, especially at his company. He, he brought it to one of his companies and has followed down that path ever since. And then uh, towards the end, we get into how is a great company like Chili Piper actually tactically booking meetings right now? So um, we'll get to all that real quick. Let's get a word from our sponsor. A quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, which is the Up and Up community. It is a community that I just launched with my friend, Anthony Natoli. Um, it is a private sales community that's helping you all get not only crush your sales goals and your career goals, but also trying to stay fulfilled and mentally healthy and become a better person in the process, which is easier said than done. So if that's interesting to you, head over to patreon.com slash up and up, or hit me up on LinkedIn. My name's Tom Alemo. And uh, the link will be there in my the featured section of my profile, or uh, you could DM me with any questions. Next up on the Millennial Sales Podcast, we have the head of enterprise sales development at Chili Piper, Elric Laglore. Elric, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to uh, have you on. We had to take a couple of takes there for me to uh, get your name correct. I still don't think I even got it halfway right. So thanks for your patience on that. Excited to have you on here, man. We're good, we're good. Um, I think you're my first French guest. So uh, we're expanding internationally here and uh, excited to have you. Is that where you are today in, in France? I know Chili Piper, the whole culture is like everyone is is everywhere. You're all over the place, all over the world. But is that where you are? Yeah, I moved back to France 10 months ago already. And um, yeah, I was living in Mexico. I lived in Mexico for six years just before moving back to France. Nice. Very cool. Um, did work take you out there? Uh, to France, no, it's more around uh, with family and my wife. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we talk about it for I think a year, something like that, during COVID, and then at some point uh, we took the decision to move to to France uh, because but we we can live in France or Mexico, and we make the decision. We made the decision to live in France. Yeah, nice. Um, well, welcome home. Um, I'm, I'm excited to get into a lot of SDR sales topics uh, with you. So I was reading your bio. Uh, before this and, you know, see that, you know, you, you, you started off uh, in a marketing role coming out of school and, and that's what you studied. So I'd love to hear, you know, it sounded like in 2017, there was like this shift, you read predictable revenue and then like kind of, I would say, changed your career, maybe even your life to get into sales. But talk to me a little bit before that, like where, where was your head at going down the marketing route, you know, coming out of university? Yeah. And uh, yeah, actually, that's also um, we go. Uh, we are going to talk about Mexico because uh, after getting my, my degree, my master degree, um, so it was like a, a marketing degree that I got like in 2015. And um, the plan was with my at that time it was my girlfriend. Uh, now she's my wife. But uh, the plan was getting back to Mexico to live with her uh, there. And uh, so I was looking for a job when I was in France after getting my degree, um, looking for a job in Mexico uh, to, to go back there. And uh, after 
four or five months, I didn't find anything. So I say, you know what, uh, let's buy a, a, a plane ticket. Let's go back to Mexico without anything, uh, you know, just uh, some money on my bank account and then just look for, for a job there. And uh, I look for a marketing job when I, I came there. And uh, I, I would say if you compare marketing to such jobs, when you don't have any experience, I think it's harder to get a job because you have a lot of people after college, they want to do like a marketing job. And uh, that's how I, I started in marketing. So I found um, a marketing job for a Mexican SMB. And uh, we were working with like a large enterprise companies in Mexico. Uh, so big, uh, big banks in Mexico, City, um, th those kind of companies. And uh, the owner of the company hired me to do the marketing job. And uh, what happened is after a few months, um, I realized that uh, what I learned at school and the reality of the job was completely different. So I knew a lot of things and I realized that my marketing job is not going to help me in this job. So I start learning online. You know, I start reading. I think I was reading like the, the blog of Salesforce, the, the, uh, the Pardot blog. So they were talking about all the marketing stuff you can use for your company. And uh, I realized that you need to have a lot of budget to implement those tools or the strategy they were talking about. So at some point, um, I read the book. Uh, predictable revenue by Ron Ross. Uh, so that's the first book I read about sales. And uh, I realized that the, the owner of this company asked me basically to generate leads for the sales team. And that's how I started in sales, basically. Mm. What about that book stood out to you that was so interesting or revolutionary to you compared to what you were, what you were doing before? I would say the... Um, before reading this book, I realized that prospecting will be the answer to, for, for the owner of this company uh, get to, to get prospect and to get pipeline uh, for the company. But when I read the book, it was, I would say, the, more the, the strategy of prospecting inside the book. Um, you know, the um, uh, top-down approach that they, were, uh, they are talking about in the book. And I think that's the, the, the first thing. And then the second thing, the messaging around uh, what you need to say, for example, to the CEO of the, of the company you are going after, and uh, the different ways you can go after an account, not just, hey, trying to reach out to, to an account. Uh, because when I, I was in Mexico, I think depending on the industry you are going after, on LinkedIn, you can find almost every title. If you go after tech companies, it's easy to find the right person. But then if you go to prospect a manufacturing company, you need to... Uh, do some research, you need to call uh, the company then to, to get the info because not all the prospects are on, on LinkedIn. So I think the book here yeah, learned uh, me those two things, the messaging and then how you, you can structure your prospecting with uh, the company. And so you were, you were at that point in charge of getting leads for the sales team from a marketing perspective. How long, uh, like what was kind of like the timing of you, you read the book, it sounds like you start to implement that at, at that company versus when you actually decided to get into sales yourself. Exactly. So I think I've started a year after starting at the company. You know, I was uh, still doing marketing stuff, but then uh, after reading the book, it took me like maybe a month to start implementing it because I don't know, obviously I was doubting about that. I didn't know if it was the right thing, but if you think about it, if my goal, if the goal is to generate leads, if they came to the website or through something else, well, at the end, it's 
a, a prospect for the system. So, and I started, and then I think the first month I booked like seven or eight meetings, something like that. So, uh, so that was great. Wow. So, um, so before that, did the company? Because 2017, you know, SDRs they were a thing in some companies, but it, it wasn't as as widespread. It wasn't as common as it is today as a role. It was a lot of full cycle sales. That's how I started. So I'm curious. Um, was that how the SDR or BDR role started at that company? And then that, was that your role? Was it setting meetings or were you doing full cycle sales for them? No, so it was not like, uh, you know, the, mo uh, the motion having SDR and A's at the company. It was uh, an SMB. Uh, they were trying to sell to big companies in Mexico. And mm -hmm. um, so it was just me with the title of marketing coordinator or marketing manager, whatever. But the, I was basically an SDR doing the SDR job. And so I was looking for the prospect, doing, uh, looking for emails and everything and to, to book the meeting. Uh, and that's it. And so we didn't have like any A's, but, but technically yeah, they were A's, but they were not prospecting. Oh, so. Yeah. So you were just the sole SDR prospecting for all the outside reps at that point. Exactly. Um, so what about, you know, getting, you said seven or eight meetings your first month. Is that what you said? Yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> for anyone that's been a, a SDR and, and cold calling and cold emailing, uh, they probably hate you because that, that's that's a really strong result the first month. And usually the first month for a lot of people is, is the toughest. I'm curious, like, do you just have confidence off the bat? Um, you just saw continued success, like, as you started? Talk to me about, like, the first few months and uh, and where your head was at because it's, it's a tough it's a tough transition to make from any job to get into sales. Yeah, I would say having the main difference if you compare to other markets because I was just focusing on the Mexican market, so I think it was a bit different. I don't think you know the strategy in predictable revenue was uh, really known in the Mexican market, so maybe. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people read the book in Mexico, but uh, maybe I was not the only one, but maybe we're 10 in the country to, to use the, the strategy. So that's maybe the first thing. Then the second thing, it's all the process I had behind that is because I didn't have Lead IQ or Lucia or another tool to, to implement that. I use um, Hunter.io to find the, the, email address, uh, the email address of the prospects. And so I basically we had the database at this company and the database was maybe five or six years old, and they had like 400 contacts on it, and that's it. And they didn't have someone, you know, to enrich it. And as I, I understood that using LinkedIn and, a, you know, a tool to provide phone numbers or email on top of that is going to be good because you need to enrich your database. And just because I was working on that, um, I'm sure... Uh, with no tools in, in Mexico, I don't think a lot of these people was reaching out to the right person because they didn't have the, the, the you know, the, the phone number or the email address. Mm. So, so yeah, so I started a lot on, with cold emails because finding phone numbers in Mexico, it's hard sometimes depending on the industry because of safety. So uh, it was easier to start with emails and then with the signature, you find the, the phone number of the person, but that's how I started. You're like fighting an unfair fight at that point against all these other companies because you're the you know first or one of the first in the whole country to to use that strategy, which now looking back is you know one that's transformed yep. you know uh, uh, most of sales, but certainly in like the software world. Um, 
So you're crushing it as, as the sole SCR. What happens after that? Does the team expand or do you head out of there and go somewhere else? Like what, what's the next part of the story? Yeah. So after that, I moved to another company uh, and I was, oh no, I'm sorry. Before that, on top of this job, I was, I, um, I worked with Udemy. Uh, so mm -hmm. they were, before they make the, the transition to Udemy for business, I was working with the Latin American team where we are working on getting new, um, uh, how do you say it? Uh, the people that's going to create the courses and the masterclass on the website. So I was working with them on this. And uh, I worked with them for four months, and then they make the, they made the decision to stop uh, all B two C um, activities in Latam, and they decided to to change to B two B, and so they decided to have like a structure. I, don't, I think it was in in the US, but I don't know. I stopped the, the adventure with them. After that, I knew I could start my career in in tech as an SDR, so I looked for a job. And uh, I started as the first SDR for a company in the US. Um, and that's it. That's how I started. So what about um, you know, sales development? Because there's a few, nowadays, there's a lot of paths um, for SDRs to go to you know, once they get promoted. Um, I think four or five years ago, three years ago, it was kind of a two lane path, at least as I saw, you're either going to be an SDR manager, or you're going to be an AE. Nowadays, a lot of folks can get into marketing or CS or whatever it might be. Um, what led you to be so interested in the path of, of managing versus, you know, trying going into like AE or, or enterprise sales or something like that? I think there is different reasons. Um, the first one is Let's say let's talk about this first job as a, in marketing, and then the first job as an SDR uh, because they were the worst experience I had. Because right now we are talking about yeah, that's great, I had success and everything. But if we think about the growth um, opportunities in those two companies and the support I got from the manager or the owner at those companies, uh, that's another story. But because those experience was not were not good experiences for me. Um, I want to be in a leadership role to avoid that for the people I'm working with. Yeah. And I don't think because I, right now I think that I've been a manager for more than a year now. I don't think I'm a really good manager. I'm trying to do my best. I'm learning. I'm still learning. And, um, but I want to have, to have people, if you're on SDR, if you're on my team, uh, you, uh, you will get my support. I will try to do my best to help you. And that's why I'm, I'm doing this because uh, I think if you start at a company and you have the right manager or the right person who is helping you, it, it can help you uh, first to get success in your role, but also to help you with your career. Uh, because we know a lot of people when they start as an SDR, they, uh, we know that they won't be an SDR forever. So I want to be to help them uh, in, in those first months or first years of, the, of their career. Yeah, I mean, having a good manager uh, at any point, but especially for your first job at a, at a company, first sales job is yeah. so key. I, I think of how many thousands or millions of salespeople quit, went to something else just because they had a terrible first manager. Um, yeah. So the, the first piece is key and, and learning from, hey, it sounds like you didn't get the training or support or coaching that you would have wanted back then exactly. and trying to, to, to kind of, you know, replace that and, and make that a part of the culture. It seems like I had, you know, our mutual friend, Matt Roberts on uh, a couple weeks ago, and 
he was saying the same thing about his time at, at Chili Piper. It seems like the coaching is just part of the, the probably the whole company culture, but certainly part of the sales and sales development culture. Uh, and it is. Um, and just to, to, to go back on what you're saying about having the manager, uh, your mm -hmm. first manager to be, to have an impact on you. Uh, the other day I was on LinkedIn. I don't remember with who, but someone was saying that, you know, if tomorrow, let's say Tom, tomorrow, if you want to start over your career in, in tech sales, what you will do differently. And someone for me is uh, you have two types of companies. You have like startups uh, where you don't have an SDR team structure and where it's, I think it's good when you already have experience because generally the man for your manager won't have time to coach you or train you because it's more around, hey, we need to move fast. But then when you are starting as an SDR, uh, you also have structure as Gong, Chili Piper, and other companies where you, you already have SDR structure, you already have the process in place and it's where you, you get on board, you, you have a manager to help you, to coach you. And I think today, if I'm, let's say if I'm starting again my career, I will do join a Gong, a Gong or Chili Piper uh, because I think it's going to help me to, to move fast in my career because you already have the process in place. You don't need to think about that. You just need to execute on it. And then maybe later you can join a startup because you already have the process in place. But someone uh, mentioned, comment on my post about this saying that, yeah, but you need, you need to also choose your manager. I think um, now, obviously with what we know, we know that having a good manager, it's important. But when you start your career, generally you, you're maybe not picky uh, you need to find something you know a, a job and so i think obviously uh, having a good manager so it's great to to move fast so if you were if you were restarting right you're you're starting and taking your first sdr job um to scope out you know like we mentioned the gongs or the chili pipers if that have that size they have an actual sdr structure i agree with you what what questions would you ask or what would you actually be looking for uh to validate that like how many sdrs there are would you ask certain questions in the interview process or it's just like a company size thing um i would say the all training coaching also, uh, also program they have in place uh to see what they are, they have obviously because i'm i think it depends on the company there is that um the grow growth opportunity but i imagine right now with chili pepper if you join the SDR team it's maybe longer than two years ago if you joined the company to be promoted as a manager or an AE uh, mm -hmm. because obviously the company we now have a we have 30 SDRs on the team but uh, yeah the um, coaching and training program and then also um, to see where they are also on the market uh, let's say if they are um, looking to expand in new countries or something like that because I want to see if they are uh, because I think there is a point where the company reached the limit of the TAM and so we, you need to know where they are right now uh, also to yeah. see if you have um, an opportunity or if it's still the, um, you are going to focus on one specific industry or maybe it's you have the own market uh, still so I think that's something I'm going to ask yeah interesting um so I saw you just got uh, promoted about a month ago or a couple weeks ago to run the enterprise uh, SDR motion over at Chili Piper. So first of all, congrats on that. Um, my, my question is, you know, for the folks that may be listening uh, as individual SDRs, as they get promoted and go through the ranks from SMB to mid-market to enterprise, if that's their 
career path. Um, how do you, how would you handle, you know, the SDR motion differently, you know, calling into these companies that may have 10,000 employees, 100,000 employees versus, you know, making a call to Gong or to Chili Pepper yeah. or something like that? Um, now, I've, let's say, because I already have a month in the role, and um, before Chili Pepper, I was working on, on the enterprise segment also. So for me, joining Chili Pepper was um, uh, working on, on the enterprise segment, and then at Chili Pepper, was more focused on the mid-market segment. So now I have more, you know, um, uh, how do you say that? Um, experience on both so and I can talk about both so I would say mid-market or SMB it's more volume uh, you know you're it's more around you already have your currencies ready it's more like um, you need to make your 60 dies if you need to make 60 dies here cheaper it's 20 dies right now but um, you have that the number of female you are selling and the, I think the most important uh, on the mid market segment it's the number of accounts you are prospecting and the number of person you are adding into your currencies versus um, enterprise it's more uh, maybe you will work less accounts uh, right now cheap paper was still figuring out but right now I, for my team they have like 150 accounts per quarter, per quarter. it's not per quarter but it's per year uh, but I think we are going to reduce that. Uh, I think it's too much right now. But for example, if you compare to mid-market, they have 400, 500 accounts per quarter. Uh, mm. So it's like uh, almost 2,000 accounts a year. So mid-market is more volume, obviously with quality, but enterprise will be more strategic. Um, but also it's not, I think also here at Chili it's not also prospecting, it's also the events which event they're going to, if you have like a VP going to, I don't know, a conference in San Francisco, for example, that we are going to, to go to the conference to talk to the person, for example, where I think it's enterprise is less, it's prospecting, but with other marketing um, strategies also. How do you, because um, it's a lot more strategic and the same thing happens as an AE for folks too. If you're an SMB AE and yeah. you have a really quick sales cycle and then you go to enterprise and you have to sell a nine, 12, 18 month sales cycle. It's the same thing. You know, it's, it's sales, but it's a completely different skill set. How would you coach, you know, a rep that just got promoted to the enterprise team in terms of their mindset, right? Cause you're as an SMB, you're in that motion. Hey, I'm going to make my calls. I'm going to send my emails. And I know if, if I do that output, generally I'm going to get the meetings I need. I'm going to hit my quota. Um, whereas on enterprise, it's less about quantity and more about quality and, and strategy. So, um, I'm just curious how, how you coach kind of that mindset shift. Yeah, so right now it's, I'm still learning about this because I think, yes, like you just mentioned, it's a mindset shift. Um, so for me right now, I'm still in the, I was in the mindset of the mere marketing. So more volume and quality than right now. Uh, so right now it's, because of the team we have in place, uh, the, um, I'm the first manager leading the team because before there, we had some SDRs on the team, but we never figured out the, the entire segment. So we have track records on the from the past, you know, how many accounts they were working and everything. So right now it's more around, hey, right now we need to figure out the motion the for us. Uh, so I don't know what the answer yet, but we will figure out together. Uh, that's what we're working on right now. So some people, they are, sending 200 emails per day some others they are sending five uh, five no, 50 uh, per day but it's more uh, qu it's more quality so 
right now we are building the process. So it's more around test and learn right now. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Um, so I don't have the answer yet, but maybe in two or three months, uh, we have a different answer. Well, we'll have you back on uh, once you got all the answers. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, Chili Piper, pretty much anyone that's in SaaS sales knows you all, whether they've used the product or they see you all on, on LinkedIn doing your thing. Uh, I'm curious, like, what are some of the, as much as you can share, what are some of the tactics right now, whether it's your team or, or other teams for the SDRs that are working, that are booking meetings, anything creative, anything new, anything uh, that you think is pretty interesting that's going on across the team? Yes. So I think Chili Pepper and I don't know if, I think it was Michael Tuso. I don't know if you had him on your podcast, uh, but when he was- Not here, yet, no. Not yet, okay. Uh, when he was at Chili Pepper, so it was two, three years ago, something, something like that. So when I prepared my interview with Chili Pepper, they were talking about a, a screenshot that they were using in their cadences. And that's something we are still using. For example, the screenshot of the website of the company. Uh, because one, one product we have, it's basically, uh, you can connect it to the demo form of the company, but basically we use the screenshot of their form and in our cadences. So that was one of the first technique we are using, but then we evolved. Um, with the team. So then we use GIFs also, but personalized GIFs. So it's pretty much the same on the website, but with Chili Pepper on it. And we include that in our cadences. And I know right now, um, not on, on, on the enterprise team, but I know on the mean marketing, they are trying memes. Uh, so for the follow-ups emails, uh, so instead of, hey, any thoughts, uh, they are using a meme, something funny, instead of uh, just plain, uh, plain text email. And uh, also, per, um, I don't remember which tool they're using, but they're using uh, a tool to record them uh, to do gifts also, but with them, not uh, mm. give the different only. So that's, that's cool. That's what they are they're working on. On the enterprise segment, I think it's a bit different because uh, we try to remove links or images in the first emails because of spam features, but uh, we'll see what's going to work. Well, that's another difference with the enterprise, right? Is like, you have to be yep. really a lot more cautious about links or pictures or anything like that. Cause you know, if someone it has a 10,000 person company, they probably have a lot higher security going on. Exactly. And so that's why sometimes, I don't know if I, I did, we didn't try like videos um, on the enterprise segment yet, but I know for example, it's something you need to uh, think about on the enterprise segment. So the first example you were giving when you're talking about the screenshot of the company's homepage, yep. are you saying that that is, that's the screenshot for uh, a video or are you saying that you send the email and then you have the screenshot with like imagining what Chili Piper would look like on their website or something else? Uh, so it's, let's say I'm going on the Gong's website right now and mm -hmm. I'm going on your demo form. Um, so I'm just going to take a screenshot of it because the first message we're sending in the cadence, it's focused on the demo form. Uh, I know Fagong is already a Chi Piper customer, but if a company was not using Chi Piper, uh, we are going to mention if they don't use like a calendar tool like Chi Piper, um, what's the challenge with that and the consequences of that. And we say, hey, I was on your website and on this demo form specifically because I can send that to a lot of companies. But if it's not specific with the screenshot, uh, you can think it's, a it's not fake, but it's 
uh, something you can send to 200, 500 people. But not, I'm saying you, this specific email to this specific company because I have the screenshot of the company. Mm. Yeah, I love the personalization there. And, um, and it just kind of tees it up. It's like, hey, I did my research. Exactly. Here's what I'm seeing. You know, and then you have hundreds of or thousands of examples of, you know, similar companies that were in this position and then went to Chili Piper and, you know, here are the results that happened. I love that tee up. And what you just mentioned also um, earlier when we were talking about mid-market versus uh, enterprise, I think mid-market, it's more focused on the personalizing to the company and the personas. And then on enterprise, it's more on to the person. I'm not saying on mid-market you can do on the person because obviously it's working but if you think about volume it's more on the the account or the persona than the person mm, that's a good distinction so bid market or smb you're going to the company enterprise you're going to the person uh when you're thinking about personalization um yeah. one thing i saw you post about the other day that i wanted to talk about was um you know the the thought of like comparing yourself uh to others and i think all people probably get into this, especially salespeople, because we're just, we're on the leaderboard, you know, who's got the most meetings, who's got yeah. the most pipeline, um, so on and so forth. And, uh, and it changes every day and, and every month. Um, give me your thoughts on, on, you know, I get in theory, I think we'd probably all agree. Yeah. It's not great to compare yourself. You want to focus on your own game, but how do you actually take that into practice when you're a competitive person and, uh, and you're not at the top of the leaderboard yeah. on a given month. Um, so first, what do you think about that? Uh, do you, what do you do generally with the leaderboard? Are you comparing yourself with the, the rest or are you just comparing yourself with your version of yesterday? What do you do? So when I, when I started in sales, it was comparing myself to others and I wanted to be yeah. the best and I wanted to crush people and all that. And it worked for a little while and then you know, I was kind of an asshole and uh, I wasn't really, you know, happy and I was getting burnt out. And so then a couple of years ago, I made the shift to focus more on like trying to be better than who I was, you know, the last yeah. month or the last quarter, um, which is just a lot more sustainable, I think. And, um, and just helps you get better because you're, you're more likely to help others. They're more likely to help you. Um, and so I, I get the piece of like, you know, I still have that competitive nature of me. So if I see you're ahead of me, yeah. You know, I might use that as a little bit of fuel to make the extra call or something, but I try as much as I can to focus more on what my own goals are, the race I'm running and trying to get there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I would say, I think when I've started to stop doing that, it's because when I joined Chili Pepper, that was the first company I would say I could really compare myself to others because in my previous companies, we had um i would say maybe five sdr something like that so it's we don't have like a, a big team uh so it was hard to compare but um actually piper when i started there was um the top performer was performing really really well and i was i don't know i was feeling so stressed about that and so i didn't know what i was doing wrong and uh, after some point I, I realized that i don't think that's a good thing you know to just comparing myself uh, to him because yeah um, my results are not improving so i need to focus on me and see what i'm doing wrong today or find what i need to improve so what, what i stopped doing it was uh, yeah comparing checking the leaderboard or the i don't know if you're at gong you have that but we have a, a slack channel with all meetings booked so 
if you yeah. check that and sometimes you have like you know you don't book a, a single meeting and you see six meetings from other people you obviously you say fuck and what i'm doing okay. <laughs> so i stop uh, checking the radar bar. I, ch I stopped checking this slack channel because i don't think it's it's good in a way to to move yourself but if you are you know in not in a, a, a good period for example if you have two weeks without booking any meetings i don't think checking this channel is going to help me so um first uh, and i think i've learned uh, from atomic habits the book uh, this but the focusing on the process and not on my results try to to see uh, my process and when i need to improve and so i spent some time with the top performer trying to shadow him and uh, learn from him to see what he was doing, taking a lot of notes and trying to see, okay, it makes sense for me, makes sense for me, and trying to, you know, to learn from his process and then just focusing on, on improving my uh, himself. Oh yeah, I, oh, he's at 15 meetings this month. I don't know what he's doing because uh, generally people, they are happy to share uh, the process. So, so I would say that stop checking the radar board and stop checking the <laughs> meeting Slack channel. Just focus on your process. And um, like you mentioned earlier, it's your activities. If um, the your company said, if your, company, if your manager say you need to add 10 accounts per day, uh, 50 people per day, focus on that. Then uh, if you see that's working, that's great. Focus on that. If you want to do more, do more. But if it's not working, try to improve your process. And when I started to do that, uh, yeah, I think it's, it helped me a lot with my results. And I was not stressed, you know, to focus on, on the rest of the team. And I think, I'm not saying you, you can't be competitive with the rest, but it's more, if you are number two or number one, you are competitive with the number one or number two. But if you are just starting, comparing yourself to the number one, I don't think it's healthy. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a good way of putting it. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be the best. And I think there's a exactly. lot of, yeah. you know, salespeople that are competitive and, and want to push themselves, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be realistic. And it's gotta be like, you know, you're trying to get like step-by-step. Step. So when you're first starting, you're, you're not going to be the top rep. It's going to take some time and, and repetitions mm -hmm. and yeah. um, a plus one to atomic habits. That's a, that's a killer book. No, it's great. It's not about sales, but I think that's, the, maybe the only book I read uh, three times. So three times, yeah, um, yeah. That that's that's a great suggestion. Um, I'd love to get into a couple rapid fires with you. Speaking of books, before we do, I got it. Some a thought came to my head like ten minutes ago yeah. when you were talking about Mexico. And so obviously you're in France now. Uh, you were in Mexico for six years. We're doing this podcast in English. How many languages do you speak? Uh, three: Spanish, French, and English. Yeah, correct. Did you learn all three growing up or did you uh, learn any of them as an adult? Um, I would say English and Spanish as an adult. Uh, French is my um, first language, but uh, English and Spanish at school. But I would say it's I really started to learn when I start, uh, started to live abroad. So I lived in the US, Canada, Ireland and um, Mexico for six years. But in Mexico, I was living there, but I was working English. So. Okay. Even when you were selling to LATAM and, and everything, that was all in English. Um, so my first job, uh, the, the first one I, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it was uh, the SMB company. Uh, it was only Spanish, but then my uh, Udemy and then the second job was uh, in English. Got you. Okay. And then, yeah. And Chili Pepper also in English and then the previous company in English too. 
I'm so I'm so impressed with people that speak multiple languages. And that's like a life goal of mine to get a second one under my belt. So I didn't know if it was something that you when you grew up, you just yeah. were multi multilingual or if you uh, um, developed it as an adult. That's the you got to probably live some you have to really ingrain yourself somewhere for an extended period of time, I feel like to really nail yeah. it, would you say? I agree with that because it's hard to learn something. For example, when I was in France, learning English or Spanish was okay. Uh, but I, I really started to learn the language when I was uh, in Mexico or in the US, for example. So, yeah. yeah. And which, uh, just uh, out of curiosity, which language do you want to learn as a second language? I mean, I don't even know. I've thought about <laughs> it. I mean, I, I think Italian would be cool because I'm, I'm part Italian. But yeah. it's not very practical, you know, like not that many people speak it. So it might be Spanish or it might be Italian. One of those two. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> if, you, if, it's, if you choose Spanish, I can, we, we can have a, a conversation in Spanish. Sure. <laughs> well, not right now, but maybe uh, yeah. I've got like high school level Spanish and, uh, and I don't remember much. So, uh, but at some point, that's, uh, that's certainly a goal of mine. Um, All right, let, let me hit you with some rapid fires here, Elric. Uh, first up, I know we, we mentioned predictable revenue. We mentioned Atomic Habits. We're big learners on the podcast. Curious, any books that have really made an impact on you uh, as a person in your career? Um, any genre is, is fair game. Um, yeah. But curious if any stand out to you. I would say Atomic Habits again, but uh, that's really one. Then I think that's not only in sales, but in general, in, in life to learn a new process, a new habit, because I don't know for you, but for me, I'm struggling a lot with new habits, you know, to change a, a new routine on everything. And uh, I think this book is really good to show you uh, that the process of learning a new habit, it's really focusing on reducing the friction to, to do it, but also the repetition. And it's, you don't have um, a specific number of days to have this habit. It, It depends. Sometimes it's going to be two weeks. Sometimes it's going to be four months. Something else. So uh, this and and also sorry and the focus on the process. That's something really game changer for me uh, because we didn't talk about that. But actually, paper I stopped focusing on my results. I was just focusing on my process. And the second book, Financial Prospecting. Um, I mm. love. Um, Fanatical SDR. Um, I think this book is really game changer on the mindset. Uh, I'm not talking about the messaging and the, the part of uh, all of this, but really the mindset part. Uh, why you need to prospect every day, uh, the different laws in the book that they are talking about. I think financial prospecting is if you're an SDR, you never read this book, you need to read it today. 100% agreed. Um, what about in the world of uh you know, other ways you learn, if it's podcasts, newsletters, people on LinkedIn, YouTube, anything yeah. stand out to you or anything that you've been really digging into recently? Um, that's something also I've um, listening less and less to sales podcasts. I'm trying to learn more about that the personas we're going after. So here at Chili Pepper, one of the main persona is marketing. So I I'm listening to the State of Dimension podcast. So the mm -hmm. from uh, Chris Parker at uh, Refine Labs. And that's really game changer for me also because it helped me uh, learn not just, it's not us just focusing on marketing, but it's focusing on revenue operation in general. So this podcast um, and sales specific, really, if you think about tactical, uh, 30 Minutes Prison Club, the episodes on when they talk about prospecting. That's the two yeah. podcasts I'm listening to right now. 
And uh, I listened to your episode with uh, Mark Roberge, and that it was a really great episode because for me, Mark Roberge, it's um, I'm trying to be less more less and less focused on specific podcasts, but more focused on uh, specific persons. And Mark Roberge is one one person I'm trying to learn from, to learn from. And your episode with him was really good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a legend. Uh, that's one of my favorite hacks is to you find someone. Then you just type their name in Spotify and I just binge out, you know, the last five yeah. to 10 podcasts they've been on and uh, I have read a, their book or whatever. I have playlists with some people uh, doing this. So I have uh, like four, four, five, no, five or six playlists uh, with uh, specific people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that move. Um, what goes on in Elric's headphones music wise? Um, electronic music. I'm really into German bass and house music. Okay. Nice. So I like it. I have a specific track in mind, but yeah, that's the, really what I'm listening to. Okay. Nice. What's something that you like to do outside of work to recharge? Uh, right now, it's. I think it's. <laughs> right now, it's. It's not recharge, but I've. Well, yeah. Let's say recharge. Yeah. Uh, Some with my wife, we are working. If I'm working, redecorating the house because we just. Um, move to a new house and that's what we're working on right now so you're just hammering out you're building cabinets listening to house music uh and that's that's it outside of the sales world yeah exactly <laughs> i like it um okay who's one person that you want to see come on the millennial sales podcast um i don't know if you got him already but uh sad can from duty um that i think uh, i met recently and i think is um will be a really good guest i have not i've seen him we've exchanged some messages on linkedin but he has not come on um so i will i will be hitting him up after this i'll let him know he's on my prospecting list nice um any favorite uh like quotes or philosophies or mindsets or anything that that you have or live by anything that stands out to you yes um i just don't remember exactly what the quote is but the, uh, it's a quote from uh, financial prospecting the more you prospect the luckier you get so mm. i love that that's true that's true in uh in just about anything in life the more you do something yeah. the harder you work the luckier you get um Elric, before I let you run, first of all, thank you for, for your time, for being generous with your knowledge and wisdom. Um, before I let you go, got to obviously tell people to follow you on LinkedIn, check you out. We got a great newsletter, the SDR Game newsletter. I think it's over a thousand folks in there nowadays. So I want to just tee you up. Anything else that you want to talk about or, uh, or let people know where to, to hit you up after this? Yeah, if you want to reach out, you can uh, do it on LinkedIn. And yeah, um, if you want to join the newsletter i'm sharing yeah one specific topic every sunday uh, to be uh, yeah to speed up your career as an sdr love it um Elric, appreciate you coming on thanks tom a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast which is the up and up community it is a community that i just launched with my friend anthony natoli um, it is a private sales community that's helping you all get not only crush your sales goals and your career goals, but also trying to stay fulfilled and mentally healthy and become a better person in the process, which is easier said than done. So if that's interesting to you, head over to patreon.com slash up and up, or hit me up on LinkedIn. My name's Tom Alemo, 
and uh, the link will be there in my the featured section of my profile, or uh, you could DM me with any questions. 